so, 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 so I guess it's completely unprepared. But uh, well, th this morning I was just a Cambridge professor w working uh, with colleagues preparing a new experimental setup that we're having in Paranal in Chile to detect small planets. And then, uh, as a sudden, my life changed entirely, and I uh, realized that all that I've planned today has to be changed. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so what happened is 25 years ago, a bit less than 25 years ago, and uh, we found the first planet orbiting a star. And for plenty of reasons, that was a kind of an event. And the first one, that was the first time that a planet was found orbiting another star than the sun. Um, and I was brand new. There were a lot of theory, a lot of expectations. Uh, but finding the first one was a real demonstration they existed. Well, the time problem we had at that time is the planet we found was not at all what everybody was expecting. And it was kind of a challenge to understand this planet in terms of formation process, because there was a planet like Jupiter, but it was orbiting very close. And the fact it was very close has no understanding, no meaning at all forever, because Jupiter were expecting to be far away like is on Jupiter. So uh, it took us a couple of years of hard work to convince the world that actually there was not just something else, but indeed a planet. And, uh, and, and slowly, the, the field of what we call right now exoplanet science was ramping up. Um, until until today, I know we have I mean thousands of planets found, and and all this practically uh, started in 25 years ago. So we really opened a new window in a way in astrophysics. Um, we demonstrated that there are other planets that the one we had orbiting uh, our solar system. So we in a way was expanding the horizon. And when you start doing that, then there's a lot of questions you can start asking. One of them is you can set the solar system into perspective. So why are we like we are? And that's a question which has uh, dear consequences, because we're not having this kind of uh, amazing conversation right now today without the fact that there is an Earth and there is life on Earth. So, so this question is a question that we are going to, to tackle, uh, because we know there are other planets elsewhere. I'm going to ask the questions about the nature of this planet, the atmosphere on this planet, and then on the life on this planet. So all this started 25 years ago, and that in the in the historical landmark, that will be remembered at the time we start really changing the perspective on the own solar system. So that's what about, I think, the, the um, Nobel Prize recognized. I think, I guess, it recognized also this amazing growth of this field. Right now, it's, it's a massive field of astrophysics. Um, and there is a couple of space missions which is planned. Very soon, the Swiss space mission Keops, and part of it, I promoted the idea of it. Um, uh, the later on, there will be the Plato in Europe, and there will be uh, uh, a couple of other uh, space missions coming later on. And in the US, there's a couple of missions as well targeting detection of smaller planets, and later on, that will try to target um, atmosphere on this planet. So I think it's also this, it's kind of the, a new field of astrophysics is born, and this field will have, an, will have an impact on us because we will start dealing with questions about life, for example, in the universe, and uh, sooner or later. So I think that's what uh, I can summarize and uh, what has happened um, this morning, I guess. Great. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, right, questions, if you wouldn't mind, as usual, saying who you are and where you're from. We'll start with Tom and then Ian. Hi, um, can you tell us a bit more, sorry, Tom Wishes time. Um, Well, you know, I have to admit, and I was in a scientific meeting, absolutely focused by the scientific meeting. Um, I didn't pay attention at all. I know there's a week of Nobel Prize, but I didn't pay attention. To, to tell you the truth, I mean, I think people mentioned Nobel Prize early on when we made the discovery 20 years ago. Um, and, and, and 
after some time it's been said, oh, you are part of the Nobel Prize. And I mean, you, I mean, you, in a way, you get used to it, but you also know there is so many great discoveries elsewhere and so many other programs. So it tend to fade away, and, and from, from from my mind, and I was not expecting at all uh, uh, this this morning. I was not really in the mood really of this because I was in the mood of. Uh, of a scientific meeting, and I got this, this call from, from the University of Cambridge. I've recognized a number. And since I'm, I'm struggling right now with a contract to, to have one of my projects moving ahead, uh, and I say, oh, that's the contract officer calling me, and we're going to solve this. And I answer, and I get the press officer. And then I say, oh, press officer. And then everything starts to just attack the panic mode. And, uh, and then, and then uh, I get heard that I, I get the Nobel Prize. And, uh, and, uh, and that was a shock, frankly. Um, I was not expecting that at all this morning. The morning started very badly. I got problems with my bike, and yesterday I had a flat tire. I mean, it's just it's an amazing what's going on today. Are you going to promise this project that you're planning going forward anymore? Well, um, I'm sure we're going to fix it. <laughs> Ian. Uh, I see a sample on Guardian. Sorry about pestering you on your phone earlier. Um, you. Tell us how many planets you've found now, or that you've been part of the groups that have found. How many, so what number can we attribute to you? But also, does the thrill of finding them wear off? You know, this is a very good question, because um, early on in, in, in this process, we were very proud of finding planets. We were used to count the planets. So as a, as a fi planet finder, I, I, I didn't make the count, but you can find my name maybe of hundreds of these planets, and when I, 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 I play a role into the detection of these planets, or, or leading or led the detections. Uh, but, but I don't think it's any relevant right now, because we move to this idea that there's plenty of planets everywhere, and that's no questions there. It's very common planets, having planets right now on stars. And, but they still still not very clear what we're talking about. What kind of planet are we talking about? I mean, how this planet came there? What is the structure of this planet? What is the atmosphere of this planet? And we're hoping to detect water on the atmosphere of this planet, maybe oceans later on. So, so all this is really the focus right now of the field. And, and, and interestingly enough, I mean, the focus of finding the planet has moved to trying to understand this planet more deeply and trying to resonate these findings on the planet or on the solar system and try to compare. So the energy of the emotion is exactly the same. And um, I, was, I was talking this morning uh, in a train uh, from Cambridge, and I, I, I was saying that I feel like uh, I'm a PhD student because I, I feel the same excitement for the field I was feeling 20 years ago, because we always have this kind of uh, feeling that we're getting new stuff. And that's part of the, the fascination of the field, uh, uh, this, the fact that we're growing, we're just, just moving to so much of a new territory here. And any time you do something, you get surprised. So you may believe that people get uh, used to it and get bored by this, but it is not the case. We even have more students, even more interest, uh, because the questions I've moved from the detection to the planet to, to now question about life on this planet. And um, I believe this is just fascinating. We kept this along. And that's all the whole idea of the field. And I think this is part of the reason, I guess, uh, that the Nobel Prize decided to award us um, this, this prize. It's for also this uh, kind of impact on the field and, and also the signal that uh, this is just a great field of, of physics and having a big impact on the society. How's it going to change your life? Are you going to stick around well, here I'm, I'm getting email uh, some 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 of my friends and they all uh, practically telling me well your life is not be the same and I am aware of that I I hope it's going to change too much my life um, because because I feel like I feel like a scientist I really want to become a stand scientist and to do a lot of continue my, my research but but I also understand that there will be some responsibility and um, I may need to twist a little bit and try to uh, to adjust 
but I hope he's gonna change too much by now. <laughs> Kate. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating question. And as a scientist, it's always difficult to judge this. Uh, but the reality is there is a dialogue between science and society and society in science. And for goods and better, there's all directions. It goes in all directions. Um, uh, but there is always an impact. Now, it's difficult to say what exactly is the impact now. Uh, but but the, eventually, there will be an impact of this. And I think, I think the perspective that there are planets a bit el elsewhere uh, in the universe, and the idea that we will understand the origin of life, we may find out that life is extremely rare. And we know life is precious, but we may not have really acknowledged how precious or rare it is. So this is all element that, at some point, will diffuse into the society. It may take 100 years, 200 years. But I, I strongly believe that uh, the science is, is absolutely part of the society, and, and its dialogue is constant. And anything done in science has some reflection into the society. Um, but that will be up to the society to catch up and, and, and to see what's happening. So on a practical way, um, there's a lot of questions right now about the global warming and the study of the atmosphere. And, and clearly, I mean, the, the, the idea of studying the evolution of the atmosphere, this is something that people are doing on, on of, of solar systems. And, and there is some, a lot of connection between this and, and, and the studying of the planet of the solar system, why Venus is like it is. I mean, this is a very interesting question, because Venus is not very different from the Earth. So you can imagine that all this work will reflect the society at some point. But it's very difficult to predict exactly what's going to happen. It's up to the society to pick up. We, we diffuse the knowledge. We, we try to share as much as we can what we're doing and how looks the, the world outside. And, uh, and, uh, and it's up to society to try to digest it. It may not be easy always. Tom. Um, so two questions. The first question, can you talk to us a bit about how it was to find this first exoplanet, the sort of uh, the, the process you went through and how you came through? Um, and secondly, as a Nobel laureate, you're going to be asked your opinion on many things, and I find they get more and more definitively older the laureates get. So let's start with all, are there aliens? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I start with which one? The easy one or the difficult one? <laughs> oh, I so the, the, the easy one, one is, are there aliens? I mean, look, I can't believe we are the only living uh, entity on, 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 on the whole universe. There's just way too much planets, way too much stars, and, and the chemistry is universal. So the chemistry that, that led to, uh, to life has to happen elsewhere. So I'm a strong believer there must be life elsewhere, or if there is not, then there is a lot of element that we need to understand. Uh, being live doesn't mean that it will have the green man and coming to you. I mean, life and life it's, uh, started way before we had an uh, animal crawling on the surface of Earth, as you know. Uh, so I think that this whole idea that a uh, uh, whole life really started and evolved, it's, it's, it's something that we're trying to solve on the Earth, but it will be, in a way, way easier when we'll be able to compare with what life looks like on all these other planets. It's not an easy question. It's not something that's going to be done tomorrow. But, but on, on if, if you think about the progress of science uh, in the last 100 years, I mean, it's pretty easy to predict. Um, uh, if we manage to survive until then, that is 1,000 years. I mean, we will be at an amazing level and to answer these questions. So that's about the aliens part. Now, what is about the discovery? Um, well, actually, we built an equipment that was entirely new. 
and, and the capability of the equipment, um, I mean, it was my PhD practically doing this. And, uh, and, and the equipment was built to be able to start a program that was looking for, for planet. Well, 25 years ago, the only planet we had in mind was a planet like Jupiter, but taking more than 10 years to go up to orbit the star. So I remember when I started the program, um, Michel Mayor, my supervisor, uh, um, and told me, okay, you just start the program, but you should not hope having any detection, he told me. And I said, it's fine, because um, I mean, I have so much um, work on, into this equipment, so I really want to, to start it. I just have fun, and it's a great, it's a great project, and I understand that. And, uh, and Michel went off in sabbatical to Hawaii, very far away, and these days he was away enough that you cannot really interact um, on a daily basis. And then quickly, um, having the key of the equipment, I started to uh, detect this system. Uh, of course, at first, I didn't detect the system. I found something weird on the data. And I panicked, really, I panicked, because I thought something was really wrong with the equipment. And since I've spent, you have to imagine, I've spent four years of my PhD on this equipment. And after four years, I realized something is wrong. So it's not very good for your PhD when you do that. And uh, I really get focused and obsessed, in a way, trying to find out. And the more I was trying to find out, less, uh, less I would understand what's going on. And there is a point in your head when you have to say, well, OK, that's not me. That's not the equipment. That's the star. And it happened one day. And you realize that, actually, this is real. And then you start to make sense to this. And uh, to give you an idea how not prepared I was at that time, there is one way to find planet which is trying to find a period. You try to detect the periodicity because the planet has to come back always at the same time, and you need to use some program to do that. I didn't have any program of that kind because nobody was expecting that we would find so quickly the planet. I remember going to the library, understanding how to do that, trying to make a program, uh, uh, to analyze the data live, and trying to make some, some meaning into that. And then I come up with the conclusion that there is a possibility after a couple of attempt and failure and attempt and failure that there is a planet at four days. And, uh, and then I feel secure enough at that time that, uh, about the data that I decided to communicate to my PhD advisor. I didn't communicate at all before, because I would have been afraid to, to just to try to talk nonsense. Um, and I had enough e element. And uh, I remember this fantastic answer from Michel at that time. He said, yes, maybe. I said, Michel, I found a planet. And he answered, maybe. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see when, 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 when I'll be back uh, in Europe. Uh, to my office. And, uh, and uh, much later after, then we worked a lot on the data and we realized the data. And he came up to the conclusion, the same conclusion than me. But he admitted way later that he never believed me at that time. But he wanted to be nice. <laughs> and I think, I think it tells a lot about the nature <laughs> of Michel Mayor and how fortunate I was to work with him and to, to live this great adventure. Um, uh, it is difficult to admit that we had something absolutely unexpected. And when we made the announcement, I still believe that almost nobody in the room believed that it was real. But again, they wanted to be nice. And it took a long time to establish the, uh, the, the, the meaning of the detection we had, as often when you do something so unique, so exceptional, that nobody has predicted. And that's the whole story of Exoplanet. It, it comes in a way, uh, it was expected, but the way we found the planet and the kind of planet we found was entirely unexpected. And it makes it even more difficult to convince um, the whole world that we had a detection here. But for some people, it was enough. And they, they act, it was a trigger. And they say, OK, if there is a planet there, if there is even a planet of that kind, there must be plenty of others to find. And uh, shortly after discovery, an American colleagues started to find some. Another group started to find some. And, and, and gradually, they were peeling up, peeling up. And when there were enough discovery, it was obvious that a new field was born. But it took some time. 
Uh, it's not like being in the field and you expect something and everybody say, yeah, that's gone, wow. There is no war effect here into this because, because us, we needed to work hard to be convinced that that's real. And in a way, we have not even theory to back us up. We only have the data and we, we practically have to say, sorry guys, we are really sorry to tell you the only way we can explain what we see is a planet and, and we have to tell you the whole planetary theory is wrong. So if you want to understand solar system, you have to add ingredients that you are not doing right now. So we have to restart everything. When you think that for 20 years, people have been sending probes into the whole solar system and believe they had a complete understanding of what is a solar system, how shocking this was at that time. So, so all this is the beginning of the field and the field established themselves and, and tried to build up on that and trying to capture what is the meaning of this. And I know we are, we have thousands of planets and I can tell you out of the thousands of planets, there is very few that look like any planet in the solar system, which makes the, the mystery deeper, even deeper and even more interesting. That's why we keep, we keep working on that because we have still a lot of questions to, to answer on this field. And uh, maybe later on there will be other Nobel Prize on other aspects of the science because people will start finding life, finding some key element that is driving a complete new window here. And uh, that's a new field. Brilliant. Uh, back to Ian. Um, do you think the UK is going to remain a decent place to do science, this sort of science? Do you think well, be sticking around? Yeah, you know, look, uh, in 2013 I took the decision to move to Cambridge. That was not uh, an easy decision because I was extremely well established uh, in Switzerland, but I wanted to make this move because I believe that there is something in UK that, that is new and refreshing for me uh, that would help me to build other programs and new programs. And uh, I'm, I'm extremely happy uh, by, by this move because I think it completely, uh, uh, I mean, in a way, uh, uh, made my horizon wider. I mean, UK has an amazing history in, in astronomy. And uh, and the university like Cambridge has so much uh, uh, element you can put together. And what was the most interesting part, uh, attractive part, is, is this, uh, is this diversity of knowledge um, that, that is required to understand the systems. When you start talking about exoplanet, we cannot only stick on the astronomy part. You have to talk about Earth science as well. You have to talk about atmosphere of this planet. And, 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 and having this kind of a joint element together, that's something that um, um, I'm, I'm, I found in UK. So yes, I believe UK has, a, has, a, has still a lot to say and a lot to do in science. Great country to do science. You don't think we're jeopardizing that? Sorry? You don't think we're jeopardizing that? What do you mean jeopardizing? Putting it all at risk with breaking away from Europe. Well, you know, that's uh, this, um, uh, I think the Royal Society has already acknowledged, I mean, hold the Brexit process, I mean, uh, is not good for science. And, uh, and that's, I think that's true. Um, um, but science will go on anyway, whatever decision you, this country is going to take. Yeah, Henry. Um, you, you said that the discovery of these exoplanets brings to the fore the big questions and about how we live here as well. Um, and you mentioned global warming. Do you agree with uh, Extinction Rebellion that we should go carbon neutral by 2025? Do you, do you agree with their demands? What are your views on this? Yeah, I realize that today there is a demonstration in, in, in London. Well, I, I think to me this, this, uh, the, the, um, the, the global warming, it's, it's old stuff for science. I mean, to me, I'm still amazed that people are challenging this in terms of reality. I think there is, there is no doubt. I mean, this is ongoing and we're making it. And uh, there's so many elements that demonstrate that. There's no way to dispute that. 
it's a fully established uh, scientific path, and I think it's responsible to, uh, to claim that this is not right. Now, no, what has to be done is to respond to that on a political way, and then the, resp the political response has to go to the political process and to the, uh, uh, to the uh, uh, social and community aspects. And it may not be that easy to respond to that, and there's certainly plenty of way to respond to that, but I think not responding to that uh, is responsible. Oh, I think we're a bit off topic. <laughs> Come on, he's just won a Nobel Prize for astrophysics, and we are... <laughs> All right, well, that's about the whole scientific landscape, but whether Extinction Rebellion are right or wrong, I think we are... We, are, we have crossed the line. Um, Colin? Do you think we'll ever detect life on other planets? You sort of mentioned that you... Mentioned well, that I hope, because we are seriously thinking about that, and we're designing equipment to do that, so um, I really think that we have at least elements that would bring us something about the origin of life on other planets. Um, and look, I mean, the question of life is, is, is bigger than exoplanet. It, it's something that is connecting, uh, I mean, chemistry that's connecting uh, uh, origin of life on Earth. And I think we're just starting to elaborate a plan there. But there is a lot of, uh, um, um, let's say, um, ideas and a and, and lot of emotional aspect and, and a way of fascination for the question. So there's so many people interested about that, trying to tackle that seriously. So I can't believe with so much clever people trying to deal with a, pro with a solution to address these questions, we're not going to get something. But whether we're going to find something that will be 100% sure, um, that left to be discussed, because it's always what does it mean detecting life, and we, we, we can always hope detecting exactly the same kind of life we have on Earth. Um, um, I think I think we better be lucky to do that because there may be um, different sign of life that we have not really considered yet, and and life on Earth. Well, if you look at Earth, at Earth from 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 uh, other space, and you try to detect life, uh, right now you will see a lot of oxygen, and you you may see uh, maybe a lot of other chemistry, and you will you will uh, you may realize that maybe they just uh, just doing something. Something is going on which is which is uh, not normal, which is out of uh, balance right now on Earth. Um, and you would guess something is going on. Uh, now, if you look at Earth one billion years old uh, backwards, you would not see anything. Uh, you, you, you would barely see enough oxygen to, to guess there's any life. So, but there's still plenty of life at that time on Earth. So, so the, the fact that we could detect life is a difficult question. But, but I do believe that you don't break any law of physics by, by doing that. It just depends. And of the size of the mirror, the, the quality of the equipment you're doing, and how far we're going to fly future space missions that will address these questions. And you can see and that there are already a couple of problems. And, and agency, uh, agency, NASA and ESA, um, have, it's part of the agenda of, this, um, of, of, of these agencies. Uh, and they, they're trying to come up with ideas right now. There's a community thinking. There's a lot of white papers being written on this. So I do hope that this Nobel Prize uh, will help and give a further boost uh, for, for this fascinating question. When you can think about we look, we're going to, to look for life on another planet. And it's just, just unbelievable when you just sit down and think about that. Well, do you think we're going to find life personally, your personal belief, okay. in, the, in your lifetime? Right. So I, I used to answer that in a very easy way. I think scientists, they do things because they're obsessed and they believe they're going to do it. So, so when people uh, ask me, oh, oh, uh, when you were looking for planets, did you know there were planets? Of course, I was convinced there would be planets. So, so if we start finding life on the planet, looking for life, we are convinced 
that there must be life on the planet. Uh, otherwise, we would not search for it. Uh, yes. <laughs> you do believe there is life. Yes. Yeah. In your life, do you think we'll find it in your lifetime? Well, that's a most. This is a very difficult question because um, uh, um, predicting. I mean, I hope that my lifetime will go beyond the ten to twenty uh, years horizon. Uh, it's almost impossible to predict uh, what is the state of the technology by this time. So, so I think I hope that the technology will be advanced enough that we sh we may be able to fly. Some spa I'm, I'm considering flying space missions because uh, to find life is better to go slightly in the infrared, and infrared is difficult to get from Earth. But it may not be true. Maybe it can be done on gigantic telescope on Earth. But this big equipment need uh, a typical lifetime of 20 to 30 years. Um, the idea of starting right now. So it's not impossible that the next 20 to 30 years there will be a new kind of equipment um, uh, that would uh, be able to answer this question. Whether they will find something, it's 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 open. But but at least they will. They, they, they will be built to look for it and uh, believing that they should be able to detect it. Um, and, uh, and 20, 30 years horizon, I think, is certainly realistic. Uh, if, you, if you push forward into the 100 years horizon, I'm absolutely convinced that in 100 years, I mean, uh, the history book will look at us that saying, oh, that's what the story started. And now we're dealing with a lot of these planets where we have a, a lot of clues about life and trying to understand what it means. So I'm absolutely convinced. But I don't take very much risk because by this time, nobody will challenge me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, Well, How first, much money have they given you? I have you checked your bank account? <laughs> uh, I must say, I, I didn't even look at this. I didn't even think at this, so I have no idea right now. Uh, frankly, I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, um, we'll look it up after. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I mean, have a look. <laughs> So um, the, the other question is, well, look, I, I'm, the field is just, is just amazingly growing. Uh, and and, and on, I see in Cambridge, I mean, trying to establish, uh, uh, we're trying to cross boundaries. I mean, I mean, what we have to find in science is amazingly the structure that has been established for, for just practical reason. And, uh, and the obvious difficulty we're having is uh, when you ask for fundings, uh, you have to ask for fundings for a specific topic, and, and then you have to ask for another one. And then it's this agency doing the money for that, and the other one doing that. So we're trying to establish cross-disciplinary process right now when we start funding projects that, in a way, is between different fields. And exoplanet is one of them. So I think the big challenge, and certainly something I'm hoping to play a role, but I hope the Nobel Prize will help to sustain progress into that, is to establish a much better process to get cross-funding between different different programs dealing with something so complicated that life in the universe. I mean, life in the universe has to be approached like a chemistry, geophysics, astronomy, uh, and earth science problem. Uh, and already, if I want to ask money for, you have to go to four agencies here. And, and, and if you ask for and one agency, they will tell you, oh, well, this is not us. This is the other one. So, so I think here we have a very practical problem to solve in terms of field. We're making a new field that we need to make up a kind of a, a process to sustain this global effort. And I'm hoping to spend, to spend time and my energy to make that possible. And by hoping that by developing this new culture, um, and we will, we will uh, 
do amazing stuff and 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 hoping that uh, the the discovery i mean look there someone can claim uh, he has established a, a path and an equipment that detect life i think this is just an amazing and uh, and i hope the community the scientific community will recognize the uh, the impact of such a such a such a discovery uh, so henry you're next yeah, you know, this, uh, this is this is no, this is fine. I have no problem with, with this question. I don't believe in God, uh, but I'm very interested about um, about religions because um, I think when you look back about the history of science, um, science inherited a lot from religions. And when you see the the, the bigger working the, uh, the between the, the 15th century, 17th century, all this debate about the religion, where, uh, when the Protestants, the Catholic, all this debate, I think science is born at the same time. And, and, and in a way, science is part of this process of being curious about the world. So, so I don't believe to God. I don't, I don't need to uh, um, having a God concept to help me. But I have no problem if some people believe there is some entity that helped them uh, to, uh, to have a good life. Um, and, and I think this is part of, uh, it's a wider part of, uh, you can see that either sociological elements, psychological elements, society aspect, and community aspect, and uh, historical connections. But uh, as, a, as a scientist, I don't think I have anything to say about God. Uh, question at the back, please. You mean when I when, when I when I got the news? Yeah, when you got the news and what it means to you. Okay, so well, I was in a scientific meeting, as I said, and uh, and I I got the news by a phone call by uh, the press office of, of Cambridge, uh, and my 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 first reaction I wanted to make sure it was not a joke, so I said it's a joke, and as it should, and then uh, I I couldn't think at all. I had a complete blackout for a couple of minutes, because emotionally it was uh, extremely extremely intense. Um, we all know, I mean, a scientist, Nobel Prize is a pinnacle of the science, and, and, and frankly, I was not expecting that this morning at all. And uh, it went as a black hole, and then I'm trying to di digest and to just elaborate on that. And I was happy because I was in a scientific meeting surrounded by scientific friends, some of them being my, my, my former PhD students. So um, I, that was a perfect assembly that, to digest this for the first uh, 30 minutes. And after I got captured by the press office uh, <laughs> people, and they did a great job. Thank you, by the way. Tell me, you're nice, and then that's fun. Um, did you uh, announce to your, what, what, after the call? Did you say, "Sorry, guys, taking the call. Um, I'm a Nobel laureate." <laughs> sorry, I mean, sorry, say it again. I, I missed your question. Well, when you took the call, did, did you did you announce? No, because because what happened? I mean, I mean, when I got the call, some of the audience. They, they understand that it may be the Nobel Prize, and they Google it. And by the time I took the call, I went out, and I got the call, and they came back. And then, and then they look at me, and they came, and they, they clap, oh. and they congratulate. <laughs> and I say, how do you know? I say, of course, we, we, we realize something must have happened. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what happened this morning. Yeah. Was this just like a local lab meeting? No, no. I think it's um, it's a it's it's a it's a great project called Speculus Project. It's a project I'm doing with um, with colleagues from Liège and um, from um, from um, from Bern University and from Birmingham, uh, and we were all discussing uh, progress and progress report development of the new catalogs. And we do that uh, three uh, three times a year. And that was my turn in Cambridge to organize that. So they were all there and for a new project. By the way, it's a project that aim at detecting Earth planet 
that uh, where we can then search for life. So it, it was it was it was the perfect environment to hear that news. I think this morning uh, it was a perfect assembly. Are you into science fiction? And if so, what is your favourite film and why? You know, that's interesting because I must confess I'm not a sci-fi guy at all. I have little interest for science fictions, amazingly enough. Mm. I went to science because I'm, I'm desperately curious. And um, I believe I could have done other kind of science, but I was kind of gifted in mathematics <laughs> and physics. I love, I, I want to understand everything. And, uh, and it's just, 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 this, this this is really my big big push, uh, and it's trying to understand, being curious, and and and, and sci-fi doesn't feed me, and I'm, I much prefer looking at history uh, or, or looking at uh, other kind of study, um, um, but but not sci-fi. Hmm. Uh, Nina and then Ian. Sorry, don't know about your family, but have you told your family? Yeah, well, that's the interesting part because my family is actually spread a bit everywhere I know. I'm in sabbatical right now in Boston. So I came just for two meetings, one last week and one this week, and to meet my new students. And, and I'm going back to Boston on Thursday. So my wife is waiting for me in Boston. So I managed to get her I mean, this morning. <laughs> so um, uh, my son, um, he's in India right now, um, traveling, uh, uh, meeting his girlfriend. Um, my daughter, she's now uh, in Montreal because it's part of her studies to go in Montreal. Uh, my stepdaughter, she's now in Geneva, in the apartment we have in Geneva, and she, 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 she sent me a, a text, and they, uh, the, the, the phone keeps ringing, what should I be doing, what should I be doing? I said, don't answer. <laughs> uh, uh, and my parents are in France. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean the, the family is all over the world, so it took me quite a long time to get everybody. <laughs> they, 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 they were aware of the news before I, I, I talked to them. So, so yeah, no, everybody's aware. I had almost a chance to talk to everybody. Not everybody, but almost. <laughs> yeah. Is it a bit frustrating working on something where you're finding these planets that you may never see, never may never get a probe there, you may never yeah. be able to check if there's anything crawling around there? Yes. Yeah. You know, this is the beauty of physics. Because because you you have what's called a mental picture of what you're doing. I mean, the day-to-day -day work is dealing with data and dealing with mathematics. Um, so most of the time, we don't really touch the stuff. We don't see the stuff. And it's certainly the same for my colleague that is studying, studying the interior or deep interior of, uh, of some molecules or whatever. And you don't really see the stuff. I mean, most of the time, you don't see it. And, we, and, and that, was de I mean, that was already demonstrated by Galileo a long time ago when, when, he, when he was saying, look, look to my telescope when I want to show you the, the, this is not what you think it is. And they say, we don't want to look because we don't care. We know. Uh, and, and I think astronomy and most of the science, we, we don't really look at the stuff. We, we have this kind of uh, global mental picture which is, which is built up, uh, which is a fantastic extensions of the capability of the brain using all the, the tools we can imagine. So we already much beyond this feeling. So I don't really care. I don't need to visit the planet to know they are there. Because I know they're there. I mean, it's obvious. There's no other way to explain that. Well, what could be frustrating at some point is maybe you would like to go there because you want to dig out in the planet and bring back some stuff. That's what we're doing in the solar system. And that is really difficult. I don't think it's going to happen in the next 1,000 years because it's still extremely difficult just by the fact that the universe is so big and uh, you need so much time uh, to travel between the stars. So, so it's, it's unlikely it will happen soon. Uh, it may eventually happen in the future if, the, as a species, we manage to survive and get together a bit sensibly. 
Um, uh, but, but otherwise, I think it's difficult. But I, I have no problem. I think I can appreciate the beauty of an equations, and I can match it with the beauty of, a, of a just a line of codes and the data and realize that what it is. And then we have, we're asking artists usually to draw what it looks like. And we always nice picture to show to people, and most of the people are pretty happy. But I don't have any nice picture to show you about 51 peg. <laughs> Sorry, I can, can show you sh beautiful data about the plan. <laughs> Tom, and then we'll have to wind up in about five minutes. Um, okay, Tom. Um, well, I don't know if you're familiar with this as well as SETI. Um, yes. There's, there's METI. Oh, yeah. There's METI? METI messaging. Oh, yeah, people talking to. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, um, I know the SETI since, since a long time. I, I know, I know uh, some people working on that. I, I've always have been a bit skeptical here. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm talking here about the scientific element here. I, I think SETI is trying to answer something far too narrow, which is what about the civilizations on other planet? I think it's extremely restrictive. And the problem I have as a scientist is, in science, we have to assess what's called the null result. And the null result of SETI doesn't tell you anything, which I think is frustrating. Well, if you look for life for 1,000 planets that looks like the Earth, and you can demonstrate there is no life, then it is interesting. Because then you, ask, you can ask yourself, what happened to this planet that didn't happen on Earth? And then you can start knowing something. So I never like really the SETI approach for that reason, because I think, scientifically speaking, the null result is extremely depressing. Uh, why I can certainly understand that if they get something, it's just amazing. So I'm not challenging the idea, and if they believe they have to do this way, but I never feel confident to go that way. Now, the idea of talking, to me, it is not science. It's just talking. So you want to talk. Uh, you can talk to the moon. You can talk to, uh, I mean, OK, they, they send signal all the way. So I don't see any scientific gain by doing that. So that's, uh, if people really want to look for, for planet, want to look whether, if they look at the sun, and they want to find out uh, whether there is planet, well, somebody able to capture any signal uh, uh, will be able to have the technology to find us before anyway. So they will already know uh, that we are there. So I never, I never found really relevant on this, um, because I don't think this is, this is the kind of science I feel comfortable with. Any further questions, anyone? OK, I'll take uh, Ian and then Colin, and then we'll wrap up. I was just going to ask if, if you would encourage young people going to science, what would you say? Why? Well, I'm spending my time doing that. Um, but what I used to say, I think, I think if anyone believes uh, he has a fascination for nature as a whole, I mean, it can be any science, please, please try. Try to, to do it. Um, you can always go for banking later on if you want. But I think having an exposure, an exposure and having some background into science bring you so much reward. And uh, it will be anyway useful at some point. So please do it, even if you don't become scientist. It's a great experience. And if you're lucky enough uh, to be successful into science, I can tell you, and I'm, I feel so fortunate uh, being a scientist. Um, I'm enjoying every morning, exciting what I'm doing. I'm working with fantastic people. We're having obsessive projects. Um, they may be difficult, but there's so much so much interesting trying to do something uh, because you have this kind of hope and this kind of uh, um, always goal uh, to a to achieve something and um, and there's so much reward when you find even a little bit of what you were aiming at um, so do it don't hesitate and I remember one day I had a 
one girl coming to me, must have been just before starting university, and she was interested about, uh, about science. And she asked me, uh, uh, do you think um, uh, I have any chance to become uh, an astronaut? And I said, of course you have. Just don't stop. Go for it. Because it's exactly what you have to do. Be a dreamer. Try it. And try to do it. And going science, can, can starting science uh, uh, um, um, cannot, cannot be bad. <laughs> can all be rewarding. So yes, please. <laughs> don't <laughs> stop. Colin. In the, uh, the Nobel Prize committee, they, they said the universe is like a cup of coffee. And you said, I don't know if you've seen the video. When they're announcing your result, they say, the universe is like a cup of coffee. Okay. First they, mostly it's coffee. They pour in a load of coffee. And they pour in a bit of cream. And they say, that's the dark matter. Yes. The coffee is the dark energy. I yes. Think. And then they get a little bit of sugar and say, that's the, uh, this is the, um, the world we see around us. Yes. Tiny teaspoon of sugar. Yes. Do you think we're going to find dark matter and dark energy? Something well, I think like we, sort of well, I mean, we found it already. We know it's there. Yeah. So what what we have difficulty to understand is is to relate that to to some 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 particle or to make a, an understanding what is the consequence for for the for the build up the build up of the universe so to build up what's called a, a physical understanding what it means and that's what we're struggling with but but the fact that is a dark energy uh, the fact that the universe is is fast expanding I mean that's a reality it was a Nobel Prize a couple of years ago and 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 the fact there is dark matter has been fully established there are dark matter. We don't know what it is, and uh, if someone finds what it is, I can tell you um, we'll be talking about another Nobel Prize again. I mean, definitely. I mean, this 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 is this is the beauty of science. I mean, it, they exist. It doesn't mean you have understand understood everything, uh, but but it's certainly something that worth to understand. And then finding what it is may have consequences elsewhere, and that, and then you build up this is a big pyramid. I mean, we build them on the on the stone of the past, and all of us. Can I ask one more? Go on. Have you chatted to Michelle? No, I'm trying to reach Michel. I mean, I've been told he's in Spain right now. Um, and he's enjoying himself. He's retired since now 10 years, as, as, as you may know. And uh, I've been trying to get him on his cell phone, and he's not answering, which is typically Michel's style. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hoping to talk to Michel. Michel, if you hear me, he we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's aware. He must be aware. I can't. Well, maybe he's not aware because he loves traveling around in the mountains. Maybe he's somewhere he in the mountain without any connection, <laughs> and he's enjoying his day. 